You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. How many of you are loving this Come What May series? It's good, right? I know. I'm excited for us all to develop this Come What May attitude, this Come What May spirit. We all need it on the inside of us right now. And how many of us also in love our incredible pastors, our lead pastors, Pastor Jurgen, Pastor Leanne, our campus pastors, Pastor John and Pastor Becky. They are on a trip tonight, but whether they are here or not, I just, I want to honor them. I'm so thankful for them, my life, and I know many of you life, but we, none of us would be here if not for them, if not for them saying yes, and if not for them having a come what may attitude. So, all right, story time. Ready? All right. Well, when I look back on the things that we have gone through, I've come to understand a few things. See, I just had a birthday, so they just keep happening. So I, I feel like I'm just a tiny bit wiser now, a little bit older. I think I'm going to do what you mentioned Sunday, Charles. I'm going to start this reverse aging thing. I'm going to see if that's working because that's what I'm going to try to keep doing. But um, I have come to learn that when we go through challenges and we go through things, and let's be really clear, God does not give us challenges. God doesn't create the challenges in, her li- in our lives, but he sometimes allows the challenges, okay? He allows them because he's trying to sometimes get something to us. He's trying to do something in us. He's trying to build us for something. So I've learned when we go through these times, it's really important what we focus on. So the title of my message tonight is, What Do You See?, So we're going to concentrate on what we see. One of the biggest journeys that has taught me some of these important lessons has been attached to buying a home. See, we rented for years. We were a military family, and we didn't know if we were going to be moved. Every three, four years, Charles had a new assignment, and we kept putting in for Hawaii, but it didn't happen. They just kept leaving us here, but I was not complaining about, I'm a California girl, so I was happy to be here in Southern California. And I think God just knew that I needed all of you. I needed to be part of Awakened Church. I wanted to be part of what he was doing in the city and in the state. So we, um, we stay here and we find ourselves living in a rental house. We had a great rental house. We were starting to raise our kids there. We had incredible landlords. They had actually even offered to let us buy the place at one point. But we were like, no, this just isn't quite the right thing. I don't think we're going to buy it. And I was restless. I knew we needed to take our life to the next level. I was always a big dreamer. I still am. But being planted here at Awaken, my faith had grown. See, Pastor Jurgen, our lead pastor, he, he says that one of the anointings, there's a few, one of the anointings on this house in particular is, to be, is for people to be homeowners, landowners, and territory takers. And so I believed that, like, to my core. And even though Charles was cautious, he had his own fears, he was walking his own journey with God, he would tell you that. We were like, okay, it's time. We're going to start buying a house. And as soon as we started taking some action, as soon as we started moving in that direction, we started getting like words and prophecies from our pastors, from people about owning a house, about taking authority over this part of our life, about how just the act of becoming a homeowner was going to take us to new levels. So you get a word from God, whether it be from a pastor on a platform, from a friend at Connect Group, or even just like a little whisper in your heart, and you're like, oh, this is from God. Like, it's destined to be then. I mean, let's go. This should be easy, right? At least that's what I thought. 
So I am an executor by nature. Like, I don't want to talk about things for too long. I want to plan, but I don't want to plan for forever. I just want to do all the things, okay? So I had been waiting for, like, a green light to buy a house for years. So I was, like, that annoying person that was going through every open house I could find, even though I wasn't really buying one, you know? If you were, like, a realtor in here, I was probably looking at your website. I was always on Zillow. I was always on Redfin. I was kind of obsessed, okay? Yeah, I was. It's true. So we put our notice in at our rental house, and we were moving forward, and we started looking at lots and lots of houses. We wanted to be in a certain area, of course, because of our kids' school, and uh, we got pre-approved, and we were like, oh, okay, this is going to be good. And then we started looking at houses, and we were like, oh, they're that much around here? Okay, it's going to be all right. So we are like looking and looking, and it's like you're dreaming up here, right? What you can afford is right here, but God is like, I just want to get you right here in the middle. Like there's something I can do. I can attach something, some miracles to what you're going through. So we get down to like 30 days out, and we had been looking. We weren't messing around, but I was obsessing over this one particular house. And it was over our budget. Um, but I was like, babe, you need to call on this house because, like, you never know. I mean, there's something we could do. We could work something out. And he was like, I'm not calling on this house. Like, I don't, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? So we're, like, arguing over that because I'm mad at him because he won't even call. Okay? And, like, I was probably in dreamland. And Charles was, like, w being way too safe and conservative. And, like, we were really unified. So no wonder it was a struggle, Right? But then we got it together, we got some wisdom, we got some counsel, we got incredible realtors, and we're looking, and we're looking, and we're looking, and time is just ticking away, and we're starting to get a little bit stressed. Like, you guys, we're three weeks out from needing to move out of our rental, and we're like, okay, God, like, what are we doing? I mean, this is what you told us to do, right? Like, you told us right now was the time to step out and buy something. So what's happening? So we're just a couple weeks left, and I'm like thinking, okay, like I'm a parent. I need to be responsible. Maybe I should come up with a backup plan. Maybe I should like switch my focus from buying to looking at rentals again. I mean, doubt just started creeping in, right? Because what I was seeing was not the things that God had promised us. See, in those moments of doubt, I had to choose what I was going to do. What was I going to talk about? Was I going to talk about the obstacles in front of me? Was I going to talk about the things that were not happening? Was I going to talk about what I was seeing? Or was I going to make a choice to talk about what God had told us to do? So be very careful in those moments. You know, don't align yourself with disbelief and uncertainty because a spirit of unbelief will never see beyond the difficulties. So right around that time, we were asked to host and drive some visiting pastors that were here visiting Awaken. And after the service, we had the honor of taking them to dinner. And there were other campus pastors there at the dinner. And it was one of those dinners where, like, boys end up, I mean, I say boys, but the guys end up on the other side of the table and the girls end up on this side because that's just the way we were chatting, right? And, okay, I just have to tell you because it's really funny. Like, if you, you've seen our fun, mischievous pastors, and the boys were on the other side of the table with Charles's cell phone, and they were making prank phone calls with funny voices to people, hanging up and, like, laughing their faces off, like junior high boys. Like, it was hilarious, okay? We were like, what are they doing? And we're on the other side of the table, and we're probably being just as loud because we were talking about how Pastor John and Pastor Becky had just gotten their dream house. And so Pastor Becky starts, like, explaining all the stories and, um, 
and the miracles that it took us to get into that house. And then she so graciously turns to me and says, Tessa's next. Because she knew what I was believing for. See, she knew what we were believing for because we had been purposeful about letting people into our world. That is so key, guys. Like, I am so happy that each and every one of you are here. I'm so happy that each and every one of you are watching on live stream. But if you can... Go beyond just coming in and out of church every week, okay? Get on a team, serve, join a connect group. Like there's nothing like being like in the excitement of a community. When you need prayer, when there's something going on in your world and you need the help, you've got it, you know? And when there's amazing things like weddings and babies and answered prayers and new jobs, you get to celebrate. So it's Connect Sunday coming up this Sunday. It's just a commercial. Everybody sign up for Connect if you're not in one, okay? So... We're all at this dinner, and it's Pastor Jackie Hall, who's married to Pastor Tim Hall. Tim Hall, excuse me. They are incredible pastors, evangelists, prophets right now of our time. And she starts asking me a couple questions about our house journey. And so we're chatting for a few minutes, and then she goes, can I speak into your life? Well, yes. I mean, the answer is always yes, okay, For the, if someone like that is asking you. And she said, listen, I believe that everything you've told me about owning a house is coming, but I, I think maybe you're going about it the wrong way. And I had just met her like the day before. And in this moment, you guys, she starts like reading my mail. Like she's like, I just feel like you and Charles aren't on the same page. I can see you like laying in bed and looking at houses, which I was like till one or two in the morning. I was like, there's got to be something, you know? And she's, she's prophesying over me and she's telling me this stuff while we're sitting at dinner. And she says, I think you're putting your trust in your own actions instead of God. And she said, I think God wants you to stop looking. Can you just stop and trust him despite what you see? Because he's already given you the promise. And like she looked at me like a mom looks at you, you know, like she was looking into my soul and she's like, can you do that? Can you just stop looking? So Charles and I drive them back to the hotel that night, and after we dropped them off, I turned to him, and I told him about what had happened at dinner, and that I was going to choose to follow this, and he was like, let's do it. So I took all the apps off my phone, I stopped making like a million phone calls and chasing down realtors, and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. Now, I know that sounds like a little extreme, okay, but this was my story. I don't think God is always going to ask you to stop taking any action. The Bible does say that faith without works is dead, but in this case, I knew that that was a word from God to me. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I love it when God makes it plain. He's like, you don't see everything. I see everything. I see the journey that you need to go on. So God is trying to always get us there, okay? So I'm going to put my full trust in him because what I'm doing is not working anyway, okay? So like I remember it was like a week after that, we'd already signed up for the marriage retreat. We thought we were kind of crazy to go out of town, but we went and I met this girl in the pool and I was telling her this story and about how I, how I wasn't looking and she just looked at me like I was crazy, okay? And I'm like, I, this is kind of crazy. This is crazy. We got down to one week, you guys, where we were supposed to be out. And then we were down to like five days. And then we were down to four days. And day three, thank God, was a Sunday. 
and I was here at church, and I'm like crying through worship, okay? And I'm like, you know, Lord, seriously, like I need some sort of confirmation. I did what you told me to do. Like, can you throw me a bone or something? And um, I'm not kidding you. Right after service, this really cute couple that I didn't even know came up to me, and they said, "Um, I, I had a dream, and I feel like I'm supposed to tell you. And I was like, okay. And she said, it was about a family that had to move and at the very last minute, God gave them a miracle and, and everything was okay. I mean, like, I'm not kidding. It was that detailed. I was like, cry, like ugly crying, hugging them. Like it was right there in the second row where my friend, the Beachlers are sitting right now. Those are anointed seats, I'm telling you. Man, I needed that word like so bad. Like if you ever feel a tug in your spirit from God to tell somebody something, like you don't have to be weird about it. Just go tell them. Like God's trying to use you to encourage somebody or to confirm something. So do it if you can. So we're two days out from being homeless. Like our rental house is sold. I helped them sell it. So we have to get out. And out of nowhere, I get a message from this really generous family that used to go here to our church before they moved out of state. And they said, hey, I hear you guys have a, need a place to stay. We have an empty house. So I called her as fast as I could, okay? And we met for lunch that day. And we're meeting for lunch, and we're trying to, like, talk about the terms. And Charles like, is, like, insisting that we pay them something. And they were just as insisting that we, we didn't. They said, no, we just we want to bless you in this season. It was like, it was blowing our minds. And so we move into this house. It wasn't a normal house, okay? It was a multi-million dollar house that they had already moved out of. It was listed for sale and it was all staged with furniture. And we got to live there for free. I was like, this is amazing. So here we are. I mean, my kids were like living their best life, okay? We had basketball courts, tennis courts. We had a rock climbing wall. We had a zip line. We had our own gym. We had the largest saltwater pool in Rancho Santa Fe. Like we, we had like hot air balloons that would just go right over the house. I mean, it was so dreamy. And we were like, wow, God, you were so amazing. Is This is what you did for us now. Like I can't even imagine what you have for us next. Well, what happened next wasn't quite like we thought. So we're living this dream, but we are, and, and we're like, you know, our, our minds are blown, right? And, um, but we're really actively like engaged in trying to find a house. Like this was amazing. This situation was amazing, but it was temporary and we didn't want to take advantage of their generosity. So we were looking, looking, looking. So we find a house, we put a contract on it. I was like, eh, I don't really like it. But you know, everybody was like, you need to get a starter home. So I was like, okay, this is a start. We'll do it. And um, long story short, the deal fell through. So we find another house. This was better than the first one. So I was like, oh, God, like, you're so good. You were just, like, protecting me because this one's so much better, and I like it so much more. And so we make an offer, and then they counter, and then we accept, and then we're like, all right, deal's done, right? Like, we accept the offer. Well, they come back the next day, and they're like, yeah, sorry, we accepted a higher offer. And I'm like, um, excuse me. I mean, can you even do that? We agreed to this yesterday, right? And so, and you guys, their house had been sitting there empty for a year. Like, as far as I knew, there wasn't any empty offers on the table. It's like we had this anointing to go in and, like, make everybody else buy the houses we were looking at, it seemed like. It happened, like, three times. And so it was like, I was, like, I was 
ticked, you know? I was, it felt like it had been like stolen right out from under us. So we went into like high gear. We like went out there. We were like praying over the house. We were marching around it. Like we, we looked kind of insane, at least to the neighbors we did. I didn't care. The house was empty. So, you know, we, um, we even asked our pastor to come up and like do communion with us on the lawn. And we were like declaring that this house was ours and as much as we wanted it and as much as we were believing that it was ours, it wasn't. It didn't turn out in our favor. I was so discouraged. I was so frustrated. I was like, what the heck, God? This is how I talk to God sometimes, okay? I'm like, this is the promise. You, like this, you promised me this. Like you showed me that we were supposed to do this. I listened to you. I did it the way you told me to do. Why is it so hard? Like, I know you're in this because you just gave us this like miracle house to live in. So how come nothing else is working? How come everything I'm seeing seems like it's just failure? So what do we do? when things look like we don't think they're supposed to. When God has literally given us a promise, and no matter how hard we are trying or striving or doing what we think we're supposed to do, we're just not seeing the results. I mean, I always wonder, like, okay, how did Abraham and Sarah felt? Like, he was told he was going to be the father of many nations. God even changed his name to reflect his promise, and then nothing happened for years years or like what about Noah or like I always think what would it be like to be Noah's wife okay like God told him to do something it sounded totally crazy it had never even rained and he's out there building like the biggest boat which I don't even know if anybody knew what that was that anybody had ever seen I mean he looked like a fool but he knew God had told him to do something see they knew that this was something they were called to do despite what they saw they moved in the direction of the promise so the house hunting continues. As much as we loved what we started calling the mansion that we got to live in, we'd been there longer than we planned. And so we were like feeling like the pressure to move on and not like, you know, extend our, yeah, stay. So we are looking and then we find like the house, okay? Like we thought we'd found the house. Like it was a dream house. It was a little bit over our budget, but, you know, we actually found a brilliant way to afford it. We were going to share it with somebody because it was a large property. So we were sure it was going to go through. So we were like, okay, we're going to move out of our temporary mansion and into a temporary condo. And I was actually like totally fine with it. I was like, all right, listen, family, listen, girls, this is going to be an adventure, okay? All of our stuff was in storage, so it was like bare bones. We're like mattresses on the floor, basics in the kitchen, like not cute. And I like things cute, and it was just bare bones, okay? But I was like, this is fine. We are going to buy this other house anyway, so we're only going to be here for a really short period of time, and we can do anything for a short period of time, right? So I, I talked the manager at the condo place into giving us like a three-month deal. We paid him ahead of time because we were so sure we were only going to be there for three months. Yeah. And, um, and so we're looking at this house and we need to build on this property in order to share it. So we were like, no problem. We know like a ton of people in construction. So we call like everybody we know and no one can come out on the day that we are looking for this house. Okay. Like nobody we knew from every campus, from all the things that we do, no builders, no contractors, no one was available that day. But then one guy called us back and said, Hey, I know a guy, um, he's really good. You know, he'll come out there, but we didn't know who he was. He comes out there and basically tells us, yeah, like, you guys can't build on this. This isn't going to work. 
And I was devastated. Like, I was like, I thought this was it. Like, this was the dream, you know? Um, but let me tell you, this guy that randomly come out ended up being, he, I mean, yes, he ended up giving me bad news, so I didn't like him at first. But then <laughs> he ended up being the builder that my parents needed to build their house that they just finished and moved into. He ended up being like, he's totally a family friend because my dad invited him to Twisted or Hero or one of those things. So now his entire family attends Awaken Church. I mean, what seemed like a heartbreak for me was like actually God was using it to bring like a miracle or multiple miracles to somebody else, right? I mean, it's like Romans 8.28, God always works things out for good despite what we see. So three months, we're supposed to be in this temporary condo, Right? Three months turns into 12 months. We had gone from 9,000 square feet to 900 square feet. And then the world decides to have a pandemic. So Charles comes home from work, and he needs to find, like, a little workspace to work in. The girls come home from school. They need to find, like, a little area to do, like, a Zoom class in. Like, it was actually impossible unless you were, like, sitting on the toilets in the condo. Like, nobody had a place to go. And it was miserable. And while we're living like this, Charles gets his cancer diagnosis that he talked about on Sunday. It was a low point. It was frustrating. I was weary. I was emotional. I mean, I was mad at God. I was frustrated with my situation. And I wasn't understanding why I had to go through this process. But how many of you know that your calling is bigger than your emotions? Your promise is bigger than your emotions. God was teaching me that my emotions did not need to dictate my day or my life or how I talked to my family or how I responded to things. And, you know, during this time, we actually watched, like, three friends get their dream homes. And um, I shouldn't even say we watched it because we were, like, actively involved in the process. Like, we were believing with them, praying with them. We were going over to the houses. Like, I might have jumped a fence or two or, like, Jimmy opened a door. Like, it's a gift that I have. I can get into houses, okay? <laughs> like, if I ever get arrested, it will be for trespassing, Okay. Charles, like, looks in horror as I'm, like, climbing through windows and stuff. I'm like, it's empty. Come on. It's fine. So, but I can honestly tell you that despite what was, like, not happening in my own life, I could, like, really, truly, like, I checked my heart all the time. I could celebrate my friends and their miracles because I knew, I knew, I knew God had it coming for us. I just didn't understand the timing. So I had to figure out, all right, God, what is it I need to learn? What is it you're trying to get through to me? Like, I'm going to submit to this process. Because, you know, the Bible says that God is a good father. And good fathers don't withhold things to be mean or because they take pleasure out of it or because there's, it's because there's things that we need to learn, right? It's like disciplining your children. If I didn't care how they acted or how they were going to turn out, then I would never need to discipline them or teach them or correct them or guide them, I would just leave them to their own devices. Mine would probably stay up all night long right now is what they would do if I left them to their own devices. But I wanted to go to the next level. I wanted God to trust me with more. So I was like, okay, God, come what may, I'm going to choose to believe. 
So I had to rebuke the thoughts that came in from the enemy that contradicted the promises God had told me. Despite what I saw, I chose to believe what the Bible says, that he has good things in store for me, that his promises are yes and amen. I had to choose to believe that what I was seeing was not going to be my end result. So throughout this time, we still lived our busy life. We were still parents. We were still working on our marriage. We were still celebrating life and being with friends. We still did ministry. I walked around that little condo complex so many times, either on the phone, counseling with people, or praying, or blasting worship music. Like, I didn't even use the ear things. I just blasted it. I needed it, like, all over. Like, I had to constantly remind myself of God's promises are true. I was like, I'm going to wrestle with you, God, like Jacob, until I get my blessing, you know? I'm going to reach up to heaven, and I'm going to pull down my miracle, God. You are going to get so sick of hearing from me, Lord. By the time we moved out of that comp. Uh, like that whole cotton where we used to walk and walk and walk. Like, I think that whole neighborhood was blessed, like totally anointed. You're welcome, Saver Springs condo place. But we were not going to give up because for us, it, it just wasn't about a house. It was about like showing others what God could do. We had seen him do it for other people. It was about having a place where people could come and they could become friends and family. God had told me that our house would be a house of healing. Little did I know right? God told me that our house would be a house of joy and laughter and celebration, and it totally is. So, and, and I have teenagers now, so I wanted to have a fun house, like, the, like I was raised in. Thank you, mom and dad. The fun house where all the food is and all the fun is, so they want to be at my house and not at somebody else's house. Amen? So we continued our journey. We dusted ourselves off. We reminded ourselves what God had promised, and we found another house. And Charles was like, I love this house. It's amazing. It has solar. It has all the things. Like, this house is going to, like, save me money. And I was like, I don't like this house at all. Okay? Like, it was an argument on the way home from the house. Why can't you just, like, open up your brain and listen? Why can't you look past the solar? Why can't you, you know? It was like, so we calmed down. A lot of emotions in this time. And he talked me into going back and seeing it again. While we're there and we're walking through it, God said to me, your husband is going to have so much peace in this house. I know. It was all I needed. And he does. It's a beautiful place of peace. It's the house I'm living in now. Oh. Yes, it ended. The story finally comes to an end. But not yet. <clears throat> It's like we had been through so much to get there, and I could finally see, like, the end of the journey. But there was still battle in front of us. See, after looking at that house a couple times, not just with the realtors, but even with the owner, Charles did one of those, like, man-to-man handshakes, like, I'm going to give you my word. We're going to make an offer. And then the world shut down again. It was like those two weeks where everything was in total lockdown, like the banks wouldn't do anything. Nobody would do anything. And we were like, oh my gosh, we gave him our word. Like, we're really accountable people, and we need to show them they're serious. Besides, I probably had like some PTSD from losing these other houses. So I was like, we got to get this. And so we're trying to figure out what to do. And I'm like, not kidding. I had a dream. I'm going to make some muffins. That's so random. I've never done that ever in my life. I mean, I've made muffins, but not like, you know, and they were Trader Joe's box muffins. So thank you, Trader Joe's. And we drove them over to them the next day. 
And okay, I'm not recommending this because number one, we were in like full lockdown mode, okay? And number two, we didn't even have our realtor with us. So we were like just totally going rogue. Like I don't think we even told him we were doing this. We were just gonna go knock on the door. And so we're going up like this windy path to the front door and I'm like, okay, this could go really good or it could go really bad. Um, But it ended up going really good. Like they loved us, they loved the gesture and they did accept our offer. Not only did they accept our offer, but they came way down in price and they lost money on the deal because they had actually bought it like the height of the market here in California at like 07, 06. So they were expecting a lot more from this house and we went, we took advantage of the favor that we have. (laughs) Made sure it was fair, but you know, favor. So now I'm like, oh my gosh, I have money to remodel it. It's okay that I didn't like it and it looked a little dated and it looked a little old. Like I can make it look the way I want to now. We can put like our finishing touches on it. So I learned a lesson there to be really careful when God brings around your promise, if it looks a little different than what, it ex- what you expected it to look like. Like, watch your words. Don't curse the blessings that God is trying to get you when they look a little bit different than you expect them to look. So we have 10 days and we're going to close. Like, I am finally going to get out of this condo, okay? And all of a sudden, God is waking me up in the middle of the night and he's like, you need to pray. Well, that's never happened to me before. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll get up and pray. I had like no idea I had anything to do with the house. And I had no idea why, and I just kept praying. It happened three nights in a row. Little did I know, three days earlier, the sellers had canceled the contract. There was some clause in there with COVID that allowed them to do it. And our realtors, I'm just going to give them a shout out. We had the Max for, the real, for realtors, Jonathan and Teresa Mack. They were amazing. They went through this entire journey with us. Like, I wanted to thank them, but then they kept thanking me because, like, I, they, you know, no, you guys taught us so much about faith. I'm like, yeah, but you really stuck with us. Like, it was a whole journey, you know? And um, so they're so awesome. So they get this cancellation call, and they're like, um, they didn't even tell us because they knew everything we had been through. They were just like, no, we're going to get this back on track. The floors aren't even going to know, Okay. So by the time he calls us on day three, he was like, hey, you might want to sit down. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is why God woke me up in the middle of the night to tell me to pray for three nights in a row. And I will never forget this phone call because my response was different this time. Like this journey had already tested my trust in God. I had been putting my faith into action. I had been growing my faith muscle. Like I had already been developing a spirit of come what may. So I wasn't even like emotional when this phone call came. I could just feel like faith rising up inside of me. And I was like, oh no. This is not happening. This will not be canceled in Jesus' name. I go, babe, you've got to go up there right now and change his mind, okay? Like, you got to go look him in the eyes, like man to man, remind him what he's moving, tell him his sons live there, he needs to go. I told him all the things like us wives do, right? I'm like, go, go, you can do this. And then call me the minute you drive away, okay? 
So I called our girls out of the room they were sharing. It took like two feet for them to get out of the room that they were sharing to get to me. And I was like, girls, we are going to do communion and we are going to pray. Well, they had seen me like be crazy throughout this whole process. So they were like, okay, mom, we're doing it. So man, I started marching around that condo. I was like, God, you are faithful to complete what you started. God, you are going to turn a no into a yes. Lord, I'm going to remind you that your word says what you loose in heaven and will be bound in heaven. When bound in heaven, be loose in I was like, oh, okay, we're going for it. And I could just, I could see God's promise. And I was unwilling to give up what we had been fighting for in this journey. See, like the, the, um, we had to get an inspector, which try finding an inspector in the middle of COVID. Okay. That was a whole nother miracle in and of itself. He came, he checked on the house. There was a problem with the septic tank and they were given this astronomical quote and they were like, yeah, never mind. We're not going to sell. We're losing money anyway. This is too much money. They were getting scared because they were moving to North Carolina and they were just like, we're not going to do this anymore. And I'm back at the condo and I am marching and I am praying and my phone ring and Charles goes, baby, I am driving away from our new house and we are back in contract. I know. He's like, I talked him into it. We're going to throw a little bit of money in, but at this point, it's going to be okay. We're back in contract. I talked him. It's like, it's so good. Not only did he turn God and Charles, good job, babe, turned a, a no into a yes. But before he left, he actually said, okay, Charles, I'm going to throw $5,000 in it, okay? And then the realtor called Charles before he called me and said, I'm going to throw $5,000 into it. And so we were like, all right, God, you know what? We have $10,000 invested. And we said, we're going to declare right now that in Jesus' name, whatever it is that needs to be fixed is going to be under ten grand." which was going to be a miracle because they had quoted him 40 grand, okay? And of course, all this pushed us out like two, three weeks out. But how many of you know, delay is not denial. It was a big project. They had to rip up the front yard. It always ends up being a bigger project than you think, you know? But they, they ripped out three trees that I was going to rip out anyway. So thank you very much for doing that. And we have 10 grand and we're thinking like, oh, please, God, please don't let this be more. Guess how much it was? 9998 we were like, it was like God just wanted to show us like miracle after miracle. He wanted to show us how faithful he was. He wanted to show us what faith looked like despite what we see. He wanted, us to, he wanted to get us, he wanted to get me to understand what it was to be led by the Holy Spirit and not by my emotions or my circumstances. Had we not gone through that faith journey, I don't know how we would have responded when we got a cancer diagnosis, right? Like God was like, you need to know how to do this. This is the journey I need you to be on. So when God gives you a promise, ask God, what do I need to do? Press forward in prayer and belief. Only speak in agreement in that promise and hang on even when it looks impossible. See, when you guys have bumps in the road, that's all they are. They're bumps, like a speed bump in the road. Like, yes, they, they make you slow down, but it's not a stop sign. You slow down, you go over the bump, and you keep on going, okay? You'll, if you keep on going, you'll finally get to your destination. So what do you see? Do you see the obstacles in front of you? Do you see the nose along the journey? I know they're real. Like, I know they feel big, but what I want you to see is the ultimate destination, the promise that God's giving you, the place he's calling you to. And I know in a crowd this size tonight, 
I'm sure there's people that have been waiting on their promise, right? Or maybe you've been given a promise or a word from God and you haven't even gotten started yet. Maybe like us, it's a home or maybe it's a baby or a business or a spouse or healing or a child that's away from God. I don't know what the promise is that you've been given or the promise that you have in your heart, but God does. And you can't give up. If we would have given up on house two or three, who knows where we would have been, right? If we would have given up when we moved into the condo, if we would have stopped the whole process when we had to go through a cancer diagnosis, we wouldn't be here today. See, God is calling you to live a big life. You can't shrink back. This is like where you put your faith into action, like Peter on the boat, right? God said, just keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on the prize. And the minute he didn't, what happened? He started to sink. So God is saying, the minute you start doubting, just don't take your eyes off me. I posted a quote the other day that says, what you're up against is the indication of the size of your future. That difficulty was not sent to destroy you. It was sent to promote you, increase you, and strengthen you. If you have big challenges, then you have a big destiny, right? It's like my favorite verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a? And a? Exactly. God wants you to prosper. Sometimes he's just got to take us through a journey to prosper us. So why don't we all stand tonight? <clears throat> if you're going through something and it feels like your promise is far away, or maybe your journey is not like what you thought and you need confirmation from God, I want you to know that what you heard from God was correct. But I want to pray for you. Because I know what it feels like to be weary. I know what it feels like to be emotional. I know what it feels like to be frustrated. But I want to, be, I want to encourage you today. What you're going through is because of what God has called you to. It's because it's going to be bitter, bigger or better than you ever imagined. So just put your hands out today. I'm going to pray for you. In the name of Jesus, I come against any spirit of doubt or unbelief that would hold us back from all that you have for us, God. We serve the God of the impossible. We know that your ways are higher than our ways, so we trust you. We thank you, God, for these promises that you put in the heart for the people, the plans, the purpose that you placed in the hearts of every single one of us, even before we were born. Your word says that you knew us. You knew the destiny that you had called us to. So we praise you on this journey that we're going on. We will get to the finish line. We will thank you in the journey for the lessons that we are learning as we move forward. We align right now in the name of Jesus, our words, our spirit, our emotions with the word of God. We declare that we will not grow weary in doing good. We will do what we've called us to. God, give us spiritual eyes to see what you see. Bring people around us that speak life into us. Open doors that align with your destiny. Thank you, God, that we will stand firm despite what we see. We will build our life on the rock, not on shifting sand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God like you've already been given that promise. Like, praise God. You are going to reach the finish line. All right. I want to tell you the most important thing that I can tonight. You can stay standing. There is a God that created you for a special destiny and a purpose. He created every single one of you the way you're supposed to be right now. He knows the journey that you're on better than you know yourself. And everybody in the world right now is looking for power. Well, you can be introduced to the greatest power in the world. So if you have not yet asked God to come into your life, 
to partner with you, to help you get to your destiny, I want to invite you. As soon as I'm done, we are going to open up this response lounge right over here. Because I need to close out the service, I know there are some of you that need to walk over to that response lounge. The minute the service is over, you're going to walk on over there because we have a gift for you. We have people that are going to pray for you. We're going to give you tools so you can get to this big life that God's called you. So you can get to the finish line that God has called you. So you can live the ultimate life that you were created for. And then we're going to have a ministry team come up down front. So if any of this resonated with you and you're feeling weary, we will pray with you tonight. So remember, church, despite what you see, God is for you. God is with you. Keep your eyes on the prize like Peter in the boat. He is faithful to complete what he started. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.